a little word of warning that this podcast contains swears and use of explicit sexual language. Therefore, it is not suitable for anyone under the age of 18 or anyone who thinks a vibrating bullets couldn't hit the target. Welcome back to The Smut Drop. This is your weekly roundup to the more eccentric side of sex and relationships from metro.co.uk. I'm Miranda Kane and on this week's show I'll be looking at the new dating rule that can transform your love life, talking about sex and disability with Kelly Gordon and seeing what you said when I asked our listeners for their worst dirty talk stories ever. If you like what you hear, then please rate, review, or at least subscribe. And I hope you're ready, because I'm about to pound those eardrums. Hello, 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 dearest listener. Okay, quick question. When you're on a date, are they asking you any questions. So I recently stopped talking to a guy because I realised that after a few texts, he hadn't asked me a single thing. I knew all about his parents. I knew about his siblings. I knew where he spent Christmases. I even knew his dog's name and his nan's name. Honestly, I could have kept on chatting. And if I'd have had enough patience, I would have started to hack him because I knew all his information and he didn't know anything about me. So I would have gotten way with it too. <laughs> so I am so glad that Izzy Let's Get Busy on Instagram is handing out advice I wish I'd have known. Izzy's two question policy is basically where you're only allowed to ask someone two questions and if they don't ask you a question back, stop talking to them. And I agree. So if you're on a dating app and you ask someone a question, hey, how's your day? And they don't say, what about you? After they've answered, which seems really simple, but apparently no one's doing it. Then you can only ask them one more question. So you say, hey, how's your day? They say, mine was fine. How about you? And you can keep chatting. But if they don't say that, you've only got one more question. And if they don't ask you a question back, just stop talking. Stop talking to that man. This applies to physical dates too. So if you're having dinner or drinks with someone and you've asked them two questions and they haven't asked you a question back, just sit there in silence. Oh, (laughs) enjoy the awkwardness. Izzy says, don't say a word, just sit there in silence and make it really awkward for that man. Well done. Yes, preach. Izzy goes on to say, I feel like if you're not asking someone questions about themselves, then you don't like them. You're not into them. It's not hard to reciprocate. Just say, how about you? People in the comments are also fans of the idea with one person writing, yes, you're trying to have a conversation, not an interview. Others think the rules should go even harder with one commenter saying, for me, what about you doesn't count because I need him to come up with a question of their own. What do you think? Are you going to try a rule? Have you tried it before? Let me know. And if you want to know more about it, then head to the article, This Awkward Two-Question Dating Rule Could Transform Your Love Life, over at metro.co.uk. But obviously, not before I have chatted to my fabulous guest. 
Ladies and gentlemen, gays and theys, when it comes to sex, most of us learn our moves from films, friends and porn. But this kind of sex education is not available in the same way for everyone. In fact, sex education for disabled people can be pathetic. Very often, discussion around being sexually active falls into two brackets, inappropriate or a fetish. What a load of bollocks! So I'm delighted to welcome this week's guest to open the discussion and find out how we can make sex Sexual pleasure open to all. She's the head of creative at sex toy company Hot Octopus. And as a disabled woman herself, her mission is to make sex positivity as inclusive as possible to all. It's the fabulous Kelly Gordon. Hello, Kelly. Hi, what an introduction. That was amazing. (laughs) Oh, thank you. That's how I like to get everyone comfortable. Just start by tickling your bollocks. So hopefully (laughs) you're nice and tickled. (laughs) And that's where we're starting. So who knows where we're going to end up. (laughs) (laughs) We are the podcast that is looking up at the gutter. Don't worry about it. Um, but do you think that is a fair description, though, when it comes to sex education and disability? Like, does it feel like you, you either can't talk about it because it's inappropriate or that when you do talk about it, it's just seen as a fetish? Yeah, definitely. It's so it's such a, a strange area. Um, when I was younger, I think sex education in general was pretty pathetic anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I, all I remember is like here's a here's a period pad like yeah. have it in a nice little fancy tin put it in your blazer pocket the boys will learn about condoms and that's your lot really um yeah. so I always remember like wanting to be in the boys session and thinking what are they talking about it seems a lot more yes. interesting um but no seriously there was obviously no mention of disability in sex and even not even from a school perspective or an education perspective but in general there was no Mm. mention of disability in sex and it was always like it actually worked in a really unusual way for me that because there was so no mention of it whatsoever it made me want to be the first one in my friend group to have sex just to prove that I was quote unquote normal so it actually had like a uh, an effect on me in in a different way in a way that like probably forced me into things before I was actually ready in hindsight yeah. because there, were, there felt like there was this point to prove that disabled people were attractive and for some reason I just took it on myself to prove that point instead of like trying anything else. <laughs> <laughs> but how does that feel when you're you know you're feeling like I've I've got a, a point to prove like when you look back do you feel uncomfortable about things or do you feel like you've learned from that and you're using that in your in your life now it's a bit of both I I definitely feel uncomfortable with some of the situations that I put myself in as Mm. a disabled youngster like we can get into that more later for sure but then I do look back on it and kind of think well actually you know it's led to a fantastic career full of great stories um, and also cautionary tales for other people I guess so there's good to be taken from it but there are definitely points in time when I think it's lucky that you're still here because the things you did were super dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) I love that as women, we're both like, oh yeah, I know that too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like you either have to laugh or you'll cry. Like I feel the same as, uh, there's a lot of like resonance in what you're saying because as a plus size person, I was never taught that about sexual pleasure. It was always, again, the same thing where it was like um, a fetish or, uh, you know, you can never be seen as being sexual or a sexual being at all. So I was also in very dangerous situations 
situations. And nowadays, I'm like exactly like you, where it's like, oh yeah, wasn't that a stupid idea? <laughs> I know, isn't it funny how we like have to protect ourselves by just laughing about it? It's like it's bad, really. <laughs> I know. We really need therapy. <laughs> yeah, most likely. <laughs> it's so ridiculous but I love it so but it's still a learning thing like I think to be able to take because that's all part of the humor because what you've done is you've gone there were those situations and now I'm in a career where I'm I'm trying to change that for the younger generation so tell us all about your work at Hot Octopus yeah oh okay good so my work at Hot Octopus I am head of creative um so I Mm. basically control like the brand output um so obviously um being disabled as well I do a lot around inclusivity when it comes to the products as well um but my Mm. main role now is to control like the whole output so I'm responsible for all our photo shoots um for all our messaging and our campaigns so Recently, we've done a a brilliant photo shoot where I think I'm calling it like the most inclusive photo shoot in the world because everybody was so different. (laughs) Everybody had their own stories. Um, And that was actually recorded for Channel 5, which was amazing. Um, And that's like that's what I really enjoy about the brand is like there's no red tape. They are so happy to like do whatever whatever's good and tell stories and raise people up on platforms and like that's what I'm all about like that's where I have fun as well um so it doesn't actually feel too much like work because you're literally like oh this person's got an amazing story like I made some really cool films about like men's mental health which some people wouldn't link to sex toys or the sex industry but there is such a link there because obviously masturbation is so good for mental health and also it's just toxic masculinity things that don't get discussed really that much in the open like that was a super big passion of mine and they just were like you know what just do it make the film do the thing and and it's amazing that they're so supportive and obviously we make amazing sex toys as well I can't leave that part out because <laughs> <laughs> I always love the hot octopus branding I'm I because you can see the inclusivity there but why has it taken until the year of our Lord 2023 for people to find realize that oh maybe we should open up these jobs to to people who are who aren't the normal kind of you know like perfect body and to have people who are different uh on advertising gosh that's like the million dollar question isn't it people should have realized it so much longer ago um But I'm just glad kind of that it's happening now. And like, I think the most important thing that I always say to brands, because I work in recruitment as well, I've got a recruitment company, and we represent disabled people and put them into creative spaces. Um, And Mm. the thing I sort of say to brands is like, the main thing you should do is employ disabled people, or if it's about disability, of course, if it's about something else, employ, employ a person that has, you know, that's their specialist subject, they have lived experience like my background I can talk a lot about disability but then if there's other things that I don't know about I'm the first person to say well we need a consultant on this because we can't speak for other people we need to understand yeah. like their journey and you know all that sort of thing so yeah I think it's so important that brands do the work 
give people platforms and show show different kinds of bodies, different kinds of people, but then make sure that it's not token and that yeah. they are actually including like the right people as well at the start of the process. So yeah, hopefully long may it continue. And you know, I always say about disability particularly, we're not just for disability pride month, like Get, yeah. don't just wheel us out when you want us for one month <laughs> <laughs> just literally th- just think about it as a long-term thing and include us at all points throughout the year and in all campaigns and that's what I try to make our main mission at Heart Octopus as well I love that I love that <laughs> yeah don't just put the brakes on no come on keep going yeah um, <laughs> let's talk about you and your journey how you got to um into hot octopus and also your your sexual confidence how did you go from those situations that you were putting yourself into into being a spokesperson and someone who uh, has come on to the never award-winning smut drop podcast to talk about sex and disability (laughs) so um for me like obviously I was I always say this because it's it's like the most thing the thing that resonates with me most but I grew up in the time of like dial-up modems dodgy chat rooms that kind of that was my vibe when I was growing up and I absolutely loved it because on the internet you can be whoever you want like not that I was like catfishing people left right and center but you know (laughs) we didn't have the access to these like cameras that are everywhere now and like we had to upload actual photos by scanning them into the computer or yeah which took like three days yeah (laughs) yeah or using like the most pixelated digital camera you could find like whatever um so I was using like pictures of my face I was using my personality but I just like was experimenting talking about well not talking about my wheelchair not talking about my disability and that was a time where I was probably quite ableist of myself and I was quite like oh disability is a bad thing no one no one's going to find me attractive if they know I'm a wheelchair user and it was almost like a dirty secret and that started really from high school like um I was always really intrigued by sex and I was quite forward and I I had like boyfriends from a young age and I was quite, I don't know why I was quite forward because I was actually quite insecure and shy as well, which was, I don't know, it's a strange combo. As someone who is also insecure and shy uh, occasionally, but people don't expect it, but you do just go, oh, right, I'm just going to have to go balls to the wall here, take it to the mattresses. So, yes. It's totally like that. I agree. It's like fake it till you make it. And then you've got these two like little clashing personalities for sure. Um, So I, (laughs) I had this like boyfriend really young and like, we we did some sexual activity he I I think he fingered me but I don't think he actually found my clitoris ever because we were like really young (laughs) but that still rolls on a long a long time after that also um but anyway he went and like bragged about it to his friends and I was quite happy with him bragging about it because I was like well, actually, that proves that disabled people are attractive and I don't care. Just talk about it. I'm quite proud of it. You know, whatever. I don't care. But then it, it completely backfired in that his friends were like bullying him for having sexual activity with me. And I was like, <sighs> wow, I did not expect this. Like, this is this is a really like traumatic thing. Like, I've I've just done that really early and was I ready for it or was I trying to prove a point and then now like you're essentially getting bullied for it and then I don't think we ever spoke again after we just had that sexual contact and then his friend um 
when he was bullying him, I, I kind of tried to get involved and say, you know, you're just jealous because you haven't or whatever, something like, you know, put, put it back on him. And he said, that's because I don't have sex with the R word in wheelchairs. And that was like my moment in my head where I was like, wow, there was something wrong here. I'm not what I think I am. I'm like, I'm different. Like it really. And then I went into my lesson after that and I was just sat there like spaced out thinking, what's wrong with me? And I shouldn't have thought that at all, but that's what I look back on now when I think of my career, because I'm like, actually that happened to me. And then that spurred me on even more. And now I work in the sex industry, educating other people around disability and sex. So it's kind of like a full circle thing. And it makes me want to say like to him, fuck you guy. (laughs) (laughs) But also thank you for the money. That is a great point. Thank you for the career path, the money, the cool working environment and the chance to change other people's attitudes. Exactly. Has that come up again in your life or has that was it just that one moment or do you think there is still a prevalence to be derogatory against having sex with disabled people? Oh my God, I think a lot of it that came up for me was definitely like on my own internal stuff. So like Mm. not long after that, I was like meeting people from the internet and I would like not tell them still I was disabled so I could walk a little and I could like sit myself up on the bed and like I would invite people around to my house and just never go out of my bedroom because I was so scared of them seeing my wheelchair. And that wow. like, that is something that's like really fucked up. And I feel bad yeah. for my parents for having to deal with that also, because I was so confused. I was so like angsty about the whole thing yeah. that I kind of, I just did what I wanted to do. And I was quite bad with that sort of thing. Um, but then after I obviously realized that wasn't working and I realized, you know, if you want, a proper relationship with someone you need to be more honest about what you can and can't do you need to give them the whole picture of yourself almost mm. um i just started disclosing my disability early on in conversations um cuz i think what i thought is well if the person gets to know me first they'll almost fall in love with me and then it won't matter but actually that's that was the wrong way to go about things because i wasn't being like truly representative of myself I know some people still prefer that method but for me it wasn't working because it always felt like there was something hanging over us or there was something like I've got to drop this bomb or you know it was never like easy breezy until I got that out of the way so I almost Mm. changed it up and started to sort of I suppose disclose I don't know if that's the right word um from the from like the jump and and then post pictures of myself in my chair and I was actually shocked of of how many amazing people I met how many people like found me attractive and and that it wasn't fetishized you still get those people that are like oh I'd love to bang someone in a wheelchair but like you just don't reply to them unless you just want to bang somebody that wants to bang someone in a wheelchair um (laughs) (laughs) it's been a ride for sure literally Wow. So how would you start when it comes to little Kelly and she's in that classroom and she's just been told that horrendous, horrible thing by her finger banger? What would you where would you start with teaching sexual confidence to other people with disabilities? What would you say to her? I think that the first thing I'd say is like it is like a severe lack of education on their side, Mm. of course, that they're 
that their world is so closed that they see a disabled person just because I mean like I'm just sitting down at the end of the day I'm like I'm just I'm just sat on a chair like what's so unusual it's it's a difficult one because I don't think you'll ever change people's attitudes and that's kind of like where I'd start with it you know you need to be confident in yourself and as hard as that is sometimes you just need to ignore those people I spent so long trying to please people and I probably still do to an extent but like you know now it's more like when people think you're disabled and you don't have a job like trying to like crap like get through those kind of misconceptions Mm. and taboos like quite quickly I do things in conversation that makes like you know that proves that I have a job that proves that I do this that and it's like a constant not a battle but it's exhausting sometimes to have to educate people all the time Mm. I think representation is such a key thing when it comes to education so is that something that's in the back of your mind when you're doing the photo shoots and the stories for hot octopus is like this is representation this is different types of people and when there's a little kelly out there looking at these things she gets to see that other people who look like her are able to have sexual pleasure oh yeah absolutely representation is huge like i couldn't name one sexy disabled model when I was a child or Mm. even actress or actor like anything I couldn't even picture anyone on tv with a disability really um so that does make you feel different and (laughs) I was the only disabled person in my whole town like that was visibly disabled um apart from my own brother um so we I think we did feel really different like we're both super outgoing we're both super like competitive career driven and stuff and I think that's because we were like in such an quote-unquote able world trying to like make our mark almost um so yeah definitely if there was some representation some conversation about disabled people I would have felt a lot more comfortable I would have felt a lot more seen than I did but I think I was kind of an, an anomaly even to teachers at the school because like in like back then you were almost forced into like a school for disabled people rather than being allowed to go to mainstream schools because of access they weren't willing to um you know install ramps and lifts and I actually thought even at 11 years old to get into my secondary school because I was like it's not fair I should be able to go where all my friends are going like just put in a lift and I I fought like a lot to get where I was and then it opened that school up for other disabled people as well Um, and that was something I was proud of even at that age but it is it's such a battle and I think if there is more representation then of course it's going to get easier which is definitely you know why I do what I do. That's such an amazing achievement at 11 to be able to open up a whole school to disabled people because you battled for a lift. Like, that's brilliant. Do you ever just wake up at two o'clock in the morning or something and just think, yeah, I did that little pat on the back for Kelly? (laughs) Sometimes I do feel proud, you know, because I don't think that, I think when it's ourselves, we don't think about the things that we achieve or the things that we sort of do. And then I do think back on stuff like that and think, okay, she was brave. Yeah. That kid, like, 
fair play she set me up for for a good life you know I'm, I'm trying to carry that on I wish I was as brave now as I was then to be honest <laughs> I think you've definitely got it in you don't worry I've only been chatting to you for 20 minutes but I definitely think it's still there <laughs> Um, let's talk about sex toys. Now, when it comes to sex toys, our favourite things, are sex toys inclusive? Ooh, that's a tricky one. Um, So they're getting a lot better, let's say. I think it's very Mm. tricky to be so inclusive for every single person, every single, like, we're trying our best. It's a mission. We're trying our best. Um, But it's (laughs) because even, like, any, for example, I keep talking about disability, but that's because it's my specialist subject, I guess. Um, mm. Even with disability, like every single disability is so different. Like even if people have the same condition, um, for example, myself and my brother, myself and some of my friends have SMA, which is what I have. And our needs are so different. Like the things we can do, the areas that are affected, completely different. Like even my brother and we're from the same family. So that tells you how hard it is to to make something for everybody. But like I say, we're definitely on a mission. We're definitely trying. The thing that I always say to disabled people particularly, but this works for everybody, is to try and like think outside of the box and be adaptive and also ask experts as well because a lot of toys can be accessible if like you know you use them in different kind of ways for example um when i'm struggling with my own reach and dexterity i'll use like a g-spot vibrator but i'll use it as a clitoral stimulator because it's got a longer handle it means you can reach easier you don't have to kind of you know mess around down there too much um so that's kind of like a life hack that i've learned a lot of our customers will use our plex which is a, a vibrating anal toy um, with a remote they'll use it as a vulva toy because they can sit onto it 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 doesn't move you can use it hands-free and then you've got a remote so they found that that's really good for g-spot stimulation but if you look at it on the box it says anal toy so some people would be like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna buy that because I don't enjoy anal play but it's about thinking about what you can use the products for and how they'll work for your body like some people use sex toys all over their bodies to stimulate erogenous zones and like you should just experiment I mean if you've got the time what's better than just sitting there and masturbating all day I don't know much that's better than that (laughs) there's not much (laughs) Kelly Gordon there is not much (laughs) so where should people start um when it comes to buying a sex toy let's say if you've got a partner so where should people start um, and what should people start, what should people be looking out for? Oh, that's tricky. So when I, when I started buying sex toys with partners, I fell into the same trap that I think a lot of people do, where they see a giant phallic looking dildo and think that's what I need. <laughs> and mine was horrendous because it was actually made of glass as well. For a first sex toy, that's a stupid idea. I mean, I suppose it depends what you're into. But for me, I'd never gone with anything. Like, obviously, I'd had sex, but I hadn't used a giant glass dildo before. And I don't think I used lube. I think I used soap out of a hotel bathroom. Like, no education there whatsoever. I still remember the feeling to this day. Um, So, basically, (laughs) think about what you like in partnered sex. Don't just go for, like, the big phallic thing because 
like we're obsessed as a society with penis and vagina sex and we think you know that's the way that everything should go think about other types of stimulation you like I love cock rings personally because I think you know I with with penis and vagina sex I struggle to orgasm and I think a lot of people definitely do um so having that little bit of clitoral Mm. stimulation for me works really well um so I think that's a great starting point for couples looking at sex toys um but also don't like discount bondage stuff as well you know even if you start with a blindfold or some cuffs or something it can really add something new to the relationship that perhaps you haven't explored before um so yeah just be open-minded talk to your partner um but yeah if I had to pick I would say cock ring I love a good cock ring (laughs) (laughs) do people find that you're do people think that you're super delicate do you think people have got this fear that if just because you're disabled you're super delicate so you won't like bondage you won't like being strapped up and like you know if you can't move anyway why would you want to not move in your sex life I know yeah that is definitely a thing I think I think the main thing is like like you said before about being fetishized it's difficult because it's almost like oh you're you tick the disabled fetish so you can't like bondage you can't like something else because Mm. we've already got that box ticked with you like and we know exactly what you like you're just like vanilla sex or whatever and it's so not true you're just grateful you're just grateful that someone's gonna exactly there is that definitely like from more from not the people that are having sex with you but like the outsider perspective it's always like whoever your partner is like I've been with some fucking horrible people and they've been in the eyes of the public a savior a saint because they're with me a disabled human who has nothing to offer the world um so it's, it's still that kind of education that needs to happen for society for sure are there perils and pitfalls for when it comes to allyship like I feel really conscious. Like, I don't want to say anything bad. I don't want to say anything ableist, but I also don't want to, you know, like put any, put you up on a, a, in a, in a glass box. Do you know what I mean? So when it comes to talking about sex and disability, is there any perils and pitfalls that someone like me should, should avoid at all costs that we just don't think about? I don't know. You know, I think that like, speaking for myself and some of my friends I can't speak for the whole community but I would say as long as things are well intentioned then it's just great Mm. to have an ally like the the one thing I would say don't do not to you but to everyone is like be be an expert like and say and try and stand up for disabled people and say no disabled people want this because I've had that before where people have come at me and said you can't say this word about disability and I was like well, I kind of can because that's how I feel about my disability. So I can say from my own perspective what I like and how I use my own language is yeah. up to me. But then there's some people that will be on the high horse and be like, no, that's wrong. And it's like, well, it's not really wrong, though, if I if I identify that way. I can talk about myself and my disability how I want to. And because we are a sex podcast, so I do have to bring it back to sex just one last time. If you could give, if there was someone out there who was starting their sexual journey and they're disabled, what would be your main piece of advice for them? Oh, God. Okay. Um, So I think just figure out who you are in your body. Figure out what looks cool to you, like how you want to represent yourself. Like I went through a lot of phases that weren't all good. Um, So get your image, feel confident in yourself, figure out what you want from your body, figure out what 
feels good to you um and really like mm. take ownership of your own pleasure I know I don't know how old we're talking here but you know just figure out how yeah what feels good for you and and communicate that to your partner as well if you like you have a partner in the future because I think so many of us are so scared to say actually I don't like that and like I've been guilty of it loads of times mm. and I probably still sometimes even do it now and I try and teach myself don't do that because you just need to say what you want but it's so hard for us to talk sometimes so I think figure out yourself first feel good in yourself feel your body know what you like and communicate that to future partners and also ask for what you need in terms of access like I was so I'd struggle so much when just to, to appear able I would like insist on putting my own clothes back on because I was like they can take the clothes off me because that's sexy but if they put the clothes back on me that's Mm. assisting me and I'm not comfortable with that so I would like make them leave the room which is really weird and then struggle to get back in my clothes and 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 I think it's questions like that and things like that that I look back on and think god I was really like messed up a little bit when I was thinking about this stuff and how it all looked to people I should have just been more comfortable with myself and then kind of that wouldn't have happened um so yeah like thinking about things like that like where I kind of forced myself to walk to the bedroom and fell over and then ended up looking more disabled just if you're confident in yourself and your ability I think that's when you'll stop making these kind of mistakes that I made Oh, that's such a, it's such a thing that you don't think about. That's such a really good point of going, of knowing when to assist and when not to and and finding out in your own body and your own confidence where you're at in the journey. I, such a, uh, it's such an insight. I love it. If people want to get hold of you, where can they find you? I'm on Instagram mainly. I like reply to all my DMs. So anyone can like hit me up and chat about this stuff. Um, I'm on, I'm Miss Kelgee. So it's M-S-K-E-L-G-E-E, but I'm sure you'll like tag it and stuff. Um, and then if they want to find out more about the brand, they can head to hotoctopus.com. Um, any questions about sex toys though, just message me and I'll happily give recommendations. <laughs> oh, brilliant. I'm sure people will. <laughs> Kelly Gordon, thank you so much for joining us on Smutra. Thank you. I have once again delved into the fun bags. Last week, I asked you for your worst moments of dirty talk. Oh, did someone's chat give the ick? The answer is yes. Yes, it did. It gave you the ick and me just reading them. So Sophie, on my Insta stories, she says, no man ever should be saying, you like that, huh? You like it. You like that. Over and over and over again. Because chances are, you don't. <laughs> oh, I totally agree, Sophie. There is nothing that gives me the ick quite so much as a man insisting, you like that? Oh, do you like that? Do you like that? Like, mate, just not read the room. No. Uh, Sandy with an I on Twitter, she says, a Tinder fuckboy tried the whole derogatory chat, like, you're my dirty whore. And I'm like, nah, we only just met, mate. And frankly, I was a 10 just trying to get a six's dick up for a quick ride. (laughs) Uh, That was a lot there. That was a lot there, Sandy with an I. Uh, (laughs) I am not 
into the derogatory chat. No way. Especially when you've only just met. That is something that I think needs expressive consent. Really clear. I had a customer that tried it on me and I was like, if you do that again, I'm walking out. I am a strong businesswoman, my friend. I may be selling sex, but I am not your dirty little whore. Nuh-uh-uh. Uh, And then he tried it again and I walked out. So that's a very expensive lesson for someone. Mary on Instagram, she says, oh, this is short and sweet. She said, he called me his sister's name. Oh, mic drop. Oh, oh, oh. Next week, I'm going to be chatting to someone about harnessing the energy that comes with bringing a new person into your open relationship. So I want to hear your stories of opening up your relationship. Are you in a a polycule? Are you new to it? Let me know if it's gone oh so right or maybe just a little bit wrong. It's Miri Kane on Instagram where you can slide into my DMs or email smutdrop at metro.co.uk. I've been Miranda Kane. Smutdrop was produced by Pineapple Audio Production for metro.co.uk. If you are enjoying this weekly dive into the gutter, then please leave me a nice review. And in the meantime, don't do anything I wouldn't do. But if you do, then name it after me.